welcome. This is a message from Victory Church. We trust you'll be inspired and encouraged by today's message. Honestly, girls, what a great night last night, hey? How good is our God? I spoke with some of you at the end and just to see the power of God transform your life. I mean, that's what it's about. That's what I live and breathe for. That's why I get up in the morning and that's why I just, I love our God because he gives us what we want. If you don't want much, you won't get much. If you want much, ask for it because the Bible says you have not because you ask not. It says ask, seek, knock and you will find but we as women, we always leave ourselves last. We always say, oh, no, but today I want you to get everything that God has for you. And, you know, I love, I've just been like, Pastor Kath last night says this one statement on your, your diary. And I'm like, yes, that's what I'm speaking on. That's so good. And then this morning, as she's leading, she says about how our, our words don't need to just speak, but our actions need to speak. And well, that's what I'm speaking about this morning. So we're in the flow. God's obviously wanting to say something. And so I just want to pray because I don't like just talking without the anointing of the Holy Spirit. So Heavenly Father, thank you for what you did last night. God, we're forever grateful that you went upon that cross to bear everything, that we don't need to go through life struggling. We just have everything in you. And today, Lord, I just ask again for your Holy Spirit to come upon me as I deliver this message. God, I pray every heart would be opened, that soil would be good soil where that seed would be deposited, it would take root and it would grow. And Father, I again ask for a life-changing word to take place this morning in Jesus' name. And all the women said, there you go. That's true, you know, we at our church at Planet Shakers, we're like an African-American church. We have people standing up, amen, hallelujah, praise God. And people, some visitors come sometimes, they're like, these people are crazy. But you know what? There is power in agreement. Have you ever been to coffee with your girlfriends and if they were ever talking to you and you just sat there like this, how would they feel? You would always go, oh, oh really? Oh, yeah. That's awesome. You would be exchanging dialogue. There's power in agreement. And we get into an auditorium like this. We sit down and we just become theatre people. This is not a dramatisation. This is a dialogue and it, there is power in agreement where two or more agree. What happens? He is here, he is there, he answers our prayers. So if you want what is being said, agree. And it does something for the preacher too, because I feel like you're actually enjoying what you're listening to. <laughs> so let's get into it. You know, um, it's so amazing, but last night we dealt with what you speak over your own life. Now, today we're going to deal with what we speak to others through our life. And today I want to really want to speak about how our life needs to speak. Not just our words, but our life. You know, there was a great man of God called St. Francis of Assisi who has an amazing quote. And he said, preach the gospel at all times and when necessary, use words. Preach the gospel at 
all times and when necessary, use words. Ladies, we are in a generation that are sick of the talk. They don't care about what you say. They want your actions to line up with what you say. Christians are noted for being hypocritical. Christians talk the talk, but do not walk the walk. And this is the passion of my life, to be an ambassador and a representation of the Father, where somebody looks at me and says, that is the God that I want to get to know. I grew up in a church when I was a little girl, where they talked the talk, but they did not walk the walk. There were as many hypocrites in that place that I cannot tell you. Some of my brothers at the moment, they're not serving the Lord because of the judgment and the ridicule that was delivered on them because, oh, you know, you've got to be this and this and that. Yet no one was lining up to what they were saying. People don't want to hear it. They want to see it. They want to experience it. They want to know it. They want to visualize it. They want to taste it. They want to feel it. They don't want to hear it anymore. If the world's going, ah, I can't hear you. But I tell you what, when they see you being like Christ, it's going to make more difference than any of your words. Because you see, my life doesn't, my success of being a Christian is not what I do on this platform. God will not say, well done, Alex, for those wonderful sermons you preached on earth. They were so amazing. You were so eloquent. You know, I was ready to just shove over and put you on the throne. He's not going to do that. Because they're his words. I'm just the messenger. I'm just the postman. It's his words. So I can't get credit for what is in this Bible, what I'm delivering. That's why I can't take credit for what happened last night. That was just a message that I delivered, but God did the work. And the same goes for our life. What I'm going to be judged on, what I'm going to be awarded for is how I lived my life and how well I represent. represented the Father. You see, when Jesus was on earth, he just represented the Father. He was about the Father's business. Yes, he preached the gospel. Yes, he went to the temple and delivered the messages. But most of his ministry is in what he did, in who he was. And right now, I want us to look at the fact that our actions... Speak louder than your words. So in your workplace, in your home, in your university, high school, wherever your world is, people are watching you. Whether you like it or not, they're watching. And they're waiting to see if this God is really real. Because if you just blend in the crowd like every other non-Christian, then your life isn't really speaking. You're just existing. And no one will want the God that you have because it's no different to what they have. And it's a sobering thought. This building should be packed to the rafters because of your witness out there in the marketplace. It's not how many times you say, do you have Jesus in your heart? Would you like to come to church? But it's in what you do and what you act like that is going to get people's attention. I want to look at Jesus. Actually, I'm going to read the scriptures first because it's a, I've got a bit of scripture to get through and I didn't know how much to chop and change. So I'm just reading the whole thing because 
Honestly, it'll change your life. Okay, Luke chapter 6, verses 27 to 49. I know it's a big chunk, but open your ears and your heart. But I say to you who hear, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you and pray for those who spitefully use you. To him who strikes you on the one cheek, offer the other also. And from him who takes away your cloak, do not withhold your tunic either. Give to everyone who asks of you. And from him who takes away your goods, do not ask them back. And just as you want men to do to you, you also do to them likewise. But if you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? For even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good to those who do good to you, what credit is that to you? For even sinners do the same. And if you lend to those from whom you hope to receive back, what credit is that to you? For even sinners lend to sinners to receive as much back. But love your enemies, do good and lend, hoping for nothing in return, and your reward will be great, and you will be sons of the Most High, for he is kind to the unthankful and evil. Therefore, be merciful, just as your Father is also merciful. Judge not, and you shall not be judged. Condemn not, and you shall not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Give, and it will be given to you good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. It will be put into your lap, for with the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. And he spoke a parable to them. Can the blind lead the blind? Will they, not, will they not both fall into the ditch? A disciple is not above his teacher, but everyone who is perfectly trained will be like his teacher. And why do you look at the speck in your brother's eye, but do not perceive the plank in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, brother, let me remove the speck that is in your eye when you yourself do not see the plank that is in your own eye? Hypocrite. First remove the plank from your own eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck that is in your brother's eye. For a good tree does not bear bad fruit, nor does a bad tree bear good fruit. For every tree is known by its fruit. For men do not gather figs from thorns, nor do they gather grapes from a bramble bush. A good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good treasure of his heart. Sorry, let's start that again. A good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good, and an evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart brings forth evil. For out of the abundance of the heart, his mouth speaks. We talked about that last night. Now, that scripture, I don't know how many times you've read over that, but I'll tell you, when I read over that, I go, Oh, my Lord. Because that's where it's at. Sorry, ladies, you just don't get credit for being good to people who are good to you. You just, no credit at all. <laughs> that's just very easy to do that. It's very easy to be kind when someone is kind to you. But where your life shines is when the opposite happens. And as women of God, if we get what we did last night and understand who you are and what Christ did for you and how to apply that in your life and get this into you, when any adversity comes your way, when any negativity comes your way, you will then know how to be like Christ. I want to just show you a picture of Jesus. He has 12 disciples. We all know that. He has 
12 disciples and he has been with them three and a half years and he's become intimate with them, great friends. They've done life together. And one of these men are about to betray him. Now, Jesus knew what Judas was about to do. Judas knew, Judas was about to betray Jesus and not just betray him and backstab him, kind of, oh, well, you know, did you hear what Jesus did and kind of offend him. He was about to sell him out and he was going to die like a criminal. I mean, this is not just a, you know, little girl tiff that you have, a bit of a, you know, bad relationship breakdown. This is pretty severe. This is someone he was about to take Jesus out. Now, I don't know about you, but if that were me, before I had the Spirit of God in me, I would not be very nice to that person. I would exclude him out of the 12, even though he's there. In my heart, he wouldn't have been there. I would have talked to the 11. I would have embraced the 11. I would have done anything for the 11. But Judas, I would have kept him at a distance. Judas, I would have gone, oh, well, you know, he's about to betray me. In my heart, you see. See, we're very good at faking it. We're very good at, oh, hi. That's great. What stupid idiot. I hate her. Anyway, yeah, great. Awesome. And that's what our heart, you see, our heart is wicked. Don't ever underestimate the heart. But yet Jesus, what does he do? He washes his feet. He moves toward him. He loves him. He's kind to him. I think it got Judas so badly that that's why he hung himself. Because he then realized he was only ever good to me. He could have he called a legion of angels to smite him dead. He could have taken him out himself. Yet he loved him to the end. And as he hung on that cross, he still said, Father, forgive them for they don't know what they're doing. When he was whipped, when he was brought before the court and the Sanhedrin and and the, the Roman Empire, what did he do? Did he defend his case? Did he say how good he was? Did he say that this is injustice? No, he stood there. He said nothing. He said nothing. And his actions spoke so loudly that the the Roman emperor of that time could not believe it. He was like, this man, there's something about him. He's not defended his case. This guy is innocent, yet he's not even doing anything. He's just standing there. People are sending him to the cross. These were the same people that we were nervous about because they were a great following to Christ. Yet here he is standing there saying nothing. What are you like when you get offended? What are you like when you get hurt? What are you like when you're unjustly treated? What are you like when something doesn't go your way? I Bet your bottom dollar, if you're like me, you are ranting and raving to your husband or if you're single to your best friend on the phone and you are fighting your case. Well, I can't believe that happened. That was just so ridiculous, you know, that I have served for so long and I have done this and I have done that and they don't care and they've just said that. So you know what? They're out. Cut off. Never again. Out of my heart. Yet, what's the Bible say? He says, no credit to you when everyone's rosy and nice. It's when the offense comes. It's, it's when the 
boss treats you badly for no reason. It's when your best friend just is jealous for some reason and does something mean. It's when your parents mistreat you or neglect you or it's when your husband says cutting words to you. It's, it's when these moments come that our life needs to shine. And if we have the word of God and the security of our father living inside of us, our Actions will speak a lot loudly than our words because God does not need you to defend your case. When you defend your case, you tie Christ's arms behind his back and he says, I've got no authority to move because she's in the way. This is what he does. And when you get out of the way and stop rabbiting on, defending your cause, he says, oh, now I can help. You see, we've got to let go and grow in maturity in here because if you've got the same spirit that rose Christ from the dead living in you, you can overcome all things. You can do it. You don't need to plead your, oh, but, but you, Alex, you don't have, you've got no idea what's been happening to me. Come on. I may be 37, but I've had a lot of bad things happen to me. I've had a lot of injustice happen to me, even in church. Leadership, disappointments, you name it, it's come our way. But if I got all, then I lose. And guess what? Everyone looks at all my non-Christian family, look at me and go, well, what's so different about Alex? I don't want what she's got because she's just like us. She still has the same struggles. She still has the same issues, but she's no different to me. But they have watched me over the years. And I'm telling you, every one of my family, when they're in crisis, who do they ring? Me. Alex, what do I do here? Alex, you know, this is is really horrible what's happening to me now. Can you pray for me? You see, my life is speaking loudly. I don't preach to my unsaved brothers anymore. I don't tell them, repent, you're going to hell. They know that. (laughs) I don't need to tell them that. But you know what I do? I love them. You know, I used to sit at the dinner table and my eldest brother used to call me the most disgusting names that you could ever imagine. Like, seriously, he would just yell profanity at me. He would just, because I was a Christian, he wasn't, he would just bait me and bait me. And early in my walk with God, I used to argue and I used to, well, you know what? You're no better. You're a thief. You're a criminal. You're this. You're that. Until one day Jesus said, are you, are you, like, can you get it? You want to see your brother saved Yet here you are going to church, raising your hands and leading all the new Christians in your church and you're so horrible to your brother. Yeah, but you don't understand God. He is so mean to me. He is rude. He's a, it's like a demonic thing. <laughs> he goes, yeah, hello, sin is demonic. It comes from the devil. You need to combat it. It's goodness and kindness that leads people to repentance, not judgment and argument. And so from that moment on, and that was 15 years ago, I just decided to love him. 
No, and I'm telling you, he is a crazy guy. I mean, he would come up to me and goes, I am Satan. And he would do all these stupid things to razz me up. And he would try and make me drink alcohol because I've made a stand in my own life that I don't drink alcohol because a lot of people in my family are alcoholics. And so I just go, no, I don't need that. So I haven't drunk since I was 18 years old. And I go, and they're waiting for me to slip up. Oh, come on, all the Christians are drinking. Now you can have a couple of drinks. I've decided not to have a drink. You see, I've got to make my life count. So I have decided this is the witness that I need to be for others to see that this actually is real. See, love is connected to revelation. And when you have a revelation of God's love for you, that's when you love others. It's not in what you go to church a hundred times. My brothers probably will never come in these four walls. They're really hurt by the church, so they, they despise it. So I have to be the representation to them. I have to be Jesus to them. I cannot come here and, and be in my little Christian world and then when I'm out there with my family, you know, not have the same impact. I've got to show them that this is what they need. Not by bringing them to church, it's by being the church being the church outside. You see, he says, you need to look at yourselves before we deal with anything in our own, in others' lives. Why do we judge? It's just the human nature. But what did we speak about last night? We don't have to fall under that sinful nature anymore. Judgment is when we need to feel better about ourselves. Oh, did you hear about Sue? Yes, she's had an affair. Mm. Thought that would happen, you know. She was always a little bit flirty. (laughs) Rather than, dear Lord, what's going on? What must have happened in Sue's life for her to be driven to that? I need to reach out to Sue. I need to to go in there and I need to love her. I I need to see. I want to be there for her. You see, we're so good at being Mrs. Perfect Christian. It's, it's ugly. God hates it. Because where, where was he when he was at the well? No one went near that woman. She came at a particular time of day where there was hardly any people because of the shame. Yet why was Jesus there? And he had a word of knowledge and said, you know, yeah, you've had a few husbands and the man you're living with right now isn't your husband. But it wasn't in judgment. He said, I'm going to give you water that will never leave you thirsty. You see, what are we offering the world? Are we giving them a drink that satisfies? Or are we giving them the vinegar that was put in Jesus' mouth? Here, have that. That's what you deserve. But we need to be women that speak loudly through our life. Because let me tell you, I need, we need to see our fruit and it's our fruit that remains and it's our fruit that goes to heaven. And we bring into heaven these moments because God remembers everything. Remember, we give an account for every word that we say. We give an account for everything we do and what we do not do. And God gives us an opportunity every single day to be the light of the world and to speak loudly. Now, I understand. You see, this is where the enemy is so clever. We think he's dumb, but he's not. 
Okay, he actually lived in heaven. He knows what he's talking about. He lived and resided with the almighty God. He was number one worship leader. I mean, this man was created to resound the sound of heaven. This isn't just some piddly little idiot. This is a guy that knew what it was like in heaven. Don't you think he knows the power that you have? Don't you think? Because we were created more better than the angels. We were created with more authority and more like um, favor than the angels. So he's going, dirty, rotten scoundrels. I don't want them to have it because I know what they're capable of because I was actually there. So if I can get them offended and if I can get their life just being dull, then I've won. I don't need them to go sleep around, take drugs and be worldly. I just need them to be critical. I just need them to be judgmental. I just need them to be pharisaical. That's all I need. And then I've won. He's one with the Jews that would not see Jesus for who he is because their heart was so hardened and so proud that because their picture of what Jesus looked like didn't come in the form. So they were like, oh, well, he can't be Jesus because he's poor. He was born in a manger. He's the son of a carpenter. He's not the king of kings. And how much do we do that? Oh, that can't be good because she was just, you know, she came from that background and she came from this. And how can there be any good in her? No, Jesus Christ redeems. And from the day of salvation, you are an heir with Christ. So don't you dare judge somebody's past for who they are today because Jesus paid a very big price for you to have freedom. Our fruit needs to bring nourishment to one another. It needs to bring delight and goodness. When you chew into a big juicy peach, it's worth every drip on your top because it's juicy and it's tasty and it's refreshing. And that's what people need to eat of your life. When they come away from you, they need to go, I loved being with her. She was so refreshing. I've been loving spending time with Barb. She's refreshing. She's so positive. She's so cute. I want to eat her. She's beautiful. You know, she, there's a refreshing about her. So what's the fruit in your life? What is it? Is it sour and bitter because your life hasn't dealt you a few good cards? Or are you going, you know what? Bible says that he turns everything around for good. See, we've got to love our enemies. And we think of enemies as bad, bad people. <laughs> but it's anyone that hurts you. See, it's, love is an action supported by a feeling. It's not the other way around. I don't always feel in love with my husband. That may shock you. But it's like I'm not always, oh, I so love you. There are days that he's very frustrating. He's very meticulous and ordered and I'm not. And he's just got to chronologically place everything perfectly and it frustrates me because it's like, can you hurry up? But he's there, A, B, C, D, everything neat and tidy. And, you know, he's got a, an, a way, like he just, oh, he just can't do anything like, you know, a normal way. He's got to find a better way. Thanks, mum. I think that's your fault. There's always a better way, an easier way. No, I do love that about him. It's very clever. But, you know, they're the inventors of the world. But there's got to be a better way. And I'm always like, oh, but, you know, I don't always feel in love. 
Love is an action. Love is an action. When I don't feel like doing the washing and the cleaning and the cooking, I just do it because I love him. And I honour him as my husband. And so I make sure my house is in order. I don't make him do it. Well, you know, you need to be doing and sharing the load. I love him. And when, even when it hurts me or when it's affecting my life, you see, because then he goes, wow, she really loves me. Never a day where she, she doesn't clean or cook or, you know, look after the kids. So she's never just left it. That's love. Not just, oh, how beautiful and you're so lovely. But love is, it's fruit. It's what you do. You don't do things because you have to, but you do it because you love them. We need to do good things to those that offend you. See, I have a neighbor. Oh, Lord. When we moved in... <laughs> Henry um, built a studio under our house and the day we moved in, we started working on building, right? And we moved to Melbourne. We had no idea that you needed permits for everything in Melbourne, right? We just thought, well, we're not doing anything major. We're just changing the inside. Well, our neighbour next door, she's a very cranky lady and um, she just got, like, in the first two weeks that we lived there, we had nine complaints from her. Like, she would just, nunk, nunk, nunk. Um, your pool pump is very loud. Could you turn it off, please? It's giving me a headache. Now, no joke. The pool pump goes, uh, right? It's so low. But anyway, how long are you going to be building for? It's, it's very, very disrupting to me. Uh, I have a headache. Yeah, okay. So, you know, it's going to be a few weeks. Um, yes, uh, your friend's driving on our, um, you know, parked on our uh, nature strip there even though that does belong to the council. But anyway, I'm like, yeah, okay, I'll get her to move it. Next aid. Anyway, it just went on and on and on. And one day I was um, having a tearful moment because my father had just passed away. And I was, it was about 9 o'clock at night and I'd forgotten. I'd left the pool pump on. And so I'm having a teary night and by myself and I get this. And I'm like, oh, far out. Who's this? I open the door and it's my neighbour. <laughs> And she's like, get the whole pump on, and I've got a headache, my daughter, and I, I let my flesh, see, all the other times I was like, okay, then no problem, I'll do that, no problem, okay, trying to be good Christian, you know, but today you touched me where it was hurtful, and so I went, you know what, lady? You have been nothing but trouble. We've done everything complying to your needs. I said, and you come here at nine o'clock and you're barking on about a pool pump. You know what? I'm leaving it on. Boom. And I shut the door. <laughs> oh, dear. Wow. I should not have done that because obviously this woman was those type of women where you mess with her. Well, she gets revenge. So the next day we have the council. Do you have a permit? Oh, do we need a permit? Anyway, they shut us down for over 200 days. It was a nightmare to go through council. Now, you've got to understand, this is my husband's work. This affected our Planet Shakers albums. This affected more than just, it affected money. It affected time. It affected pressure in relationships. I mean, I'm, this was not just a small deal. I mean, this was massive. I had visions of going around and killing. Um, you know, this is where my, but you know, I remember when I was so angry. I would leave that pool pump on till midnight every night. And then I remember sitting down and talking to our wonderful, part, one of our pastors, Pastor Debbie Prescott. And I was like, Debbie, this is, this is unfair. 
you know, we're doing this for the ministry. And, you know, this is such an attack and I just don't know what to do anymore. And she goes, well, maybe your heart attitude isn't really helping. Ouch. (laughs) And I remember opening the Bible, literally, I said, God, could you speak to me? Now, I'm waiting to hear, oh, you know, my poor, dear child. I will take you through the miry clay and I will set your feet upon a rock. And instead of that, I got, do not repay evil with evil, but repay good for evil. Then you will be kind and then you will be like me. And I get this full rebuke from the Lord. And I felt the Holy Spirit say, she doesn't know any better. You do. How dare you then try and bring her to church and witness to her when you're just as bad as her? And I went, okay, Lord. I repented. And he said, I want you to go buy her the hugest bunch of flowers and chocolates and whatever. And I want you to go over there and I want you to apologize to her and I want you to honor her. That was not very easy to do in the natural. But I asked for the Holy Spirit and I said, you know what, Lord, you love. There is a reason why this woman is so grumpy. This woman is grumpy not because I'm in the neighborhood. She's been grumpy a long time before. So I went around there the next day. And honestly, you should have seen her face when I knocked on the door. It was like, yes. Wasn't a nice welcome. I'm, I'm there standing with huge bunch of flowers, like a like weirdo. And, uh, and I said, hi, so-and-so, do you mind, do you mind if I pop in? I, I just really would love to give you these flowers. Oh, okay then. Like seriously, it was just horrible. It wasn't like, oh, aren't you lovely? It was horrible. And I get there and I go, you know, I, I just need to apologise because um, I haven't honoured you from the moment that I walked into this neighbourhood. You know, you've been here a long time and I haven't. And uh, perhaps we should have told you what was going on. I need to tell you that I'm a pastor of a church here in Melbourne and and I never want to have a bad relationship with my neighbours. I want to honour you as the lady here and um, of the house and I want you to accept these flowers and I want you to know that we will do everything in our power to make our cohabitation really, really comfortable and we're going to be finished and the whole reason why we're building this studio is so it can be completely soundproof and you don't have to hear any of my husband's music and it's going to be really, really great and you should have seen her face. It just melted. And you know... Our relationship with our neighbours is so awesome that the whole street has stood up and taken note because she was noted as the witch of the street. Everyone hated her. Four other couples moved out of our home because of her. No one could live next to her. But I am the best friends with her. She and Ian, oh, no, we don't know his name either. Um... (laughs) They adore my children. My children go over and do their homework with them. They make cupcakes for them. When she goes overseas on holidays, she brings back gifts for my children. Yesterday, my neighbour was over cutting down trees that had fallen over in the storm and helping us out. This is our life speaking louder than... Would you come to church? I've got a great church, you know. 
but you flip and annoy me. Can you stop annoying me? It's my life that speaks actions. I did it with my family. I've done it with people in the world. I do it with bad customer service. I do it with those in church that are wicked and horrible because let me tell you, there are wicked and horrible people in church. I so love and I reap a reward. And today, God wants to do some things in our life to say, you know what? No longer am I going to carry this hurt and this anger and this um, resentment and this offense in my life anymore. You know what? When you measure yourself up with Jesus, this is how I've lived my life. He's my measuring stick. And the fact that he created us, I think we forget this. We spat in his face. We sent him to the cross. While we were yet sinners, he then goes and dies for us. Never saying one word of, you know what I've done for you? Do you know who I am? He, we don't deserve anything from him. We actually don't. We pay, you know what our wages are? Hell. That's what our wages are in this life. Yet he came and he took your sin and my sin. Let us never forget, ladies, where you've come from. You are no better than any other person on the planet. We are equal. Don't ever forget that. And if we can keep that in the base of our heart, we will learn to love others as Christ loved us. Because that is the gospel. What is one of the greatest commandments? Love the Lord God with all your heart and love others as yourself. And today, you might not love yourself and that's why you've got to pull down others. But let me tell you, that's a sin in itself because God created you good and He wants you to love yourself and He wants you to let go of the hurts and the offences and all those immature things that we allow the enemy to come in and disrupt our lives with. And therefore, it makes us null and void in being a great witness. You don't have to tell people you're a Christian. You just got to live like one. That's all you got to do. And that will speak louder and you will get people coming to you going, why is it that you never, ever, ever get angry? Why is it that the boss is so mean to you, yet you're always so positive? You know, think about when you're in the lunchroom with your co-workers and they're talking badly about the boss. Are you joining in? That's what speaks. It's not rocket science. It's just being godly. It's getting, when you get that check in your spirit, uh, 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 it's obeying it. When you get that thought, go towards that person who's sitting there on their own, looking lonely. That's what we're meant to do. When you get that thought, you need to ring so-and-so and see how they're going. That's living your life. When the lady at the shops is rude to you, it's give them something to put coals on their head. I actually think, see it as an adventure now. I do. When someone's mean to me, I go after them. I shower them with love. I shower them with goodness. And they think I'm the greatest thing on the planet. Because you know what it does? It it highlights and goes, wow, I have been a cow and they have been so nice to me. Because you know people are waiting for a fight. People are waiting for you to reject them. There are some people in your life that are pushing the button just to see what you will do. Yet we are so broken in ourselves that we take offense to it. 
See, my brother was attacking me because he was saying, let me see if you really love me. Because everyone else in my life has rejected me. Everybody else has told me I'm no good and I'm a loser. Are you going to be the same? Because let me tell you, that's where Christ, and I'm telling you, my brother, he is in a really hard place at the moment. Yet he's been ringing me week after week going, Al, can you pray for me? Can you help me in this scenario? Can you help me with this? And I'm telling you, I don't want to go into details, but he's in a really hard place. And I know if it wasn't for the days where I just saw beyond the words or saw beyond the criticism or saw beyond the attack to see a broken little boy in the midst of that, he wouldn't be doing that today and he would be destined for hell. But I think sometimes he's a better Christian than other people in my own church. He's more generous. He's more accepting. He's more kind and honouring. But people would, society would look at him and go, uh, oh, I'll keep him away from your daughters and children. He's scary. He's tattooed from top to bottom. He's rough. He's tough. He's scary. But inside is this boy saying, I'm rejecting you so that you can't reject me. And what we do, because we don't know who we are and because we don't know who we belong to, we take offense and, oh, rather than going beyond like Jesus did, seeing what's inside, having that prophetic insight to go, there's a reason why someone is like that. There's always a story. There's always a reason. If we can get past our own pride, insecurity and judgment and look inside the heart of another person, that's how we will speak. And I guarantee you this church will double. This church will double because you will be the light of Christ. And people will go there. I want what she's got. So today I just want to do something really gentle. I'm not going to get you to get up, respond. I want you to just bow your heads and I want you to close your eyes. And I want you to do something with Jesus. Because this is a real topic that affects every single one of us. I don't think there's one person that's been exempt from being hurt and having an enemy and having somebody wrong us. But it's time for us, ladies, to speak through our lives. It's time for us to actually get rid of the, the stuff that stops us from being what Christ intended us to be. And I want us to be able to repent before Jesus today in your own head, your own heart. And I want you to say, God, I repent for what I have done. I want a fresh revelation of who you are and the fact that you have loved me. You never judged me. You never treated me badly. So God, I ask, forgive me and help me see others the way you see them. Help me love others the way you love them. Some of you may need to forgive those that have hurt you right now and let it go once and for all. Some of you may need to just grow up and go, you know what? I've got to change. So whatever it is you need to do right now, you need to do it with the Lord. This is the end of the message. Thank you for taking the time to listen. And God bless.